This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Father, please speak to us this afternoon. Do what only you can do. Touch our lives. Move us beyond where we are. Move us further forward according to your plan. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Nice to see you all. Hallelujah. So the next few minutes, we'll just share with you from the scriptures. Please turn your Bibles with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, and I read verses 1 through to 14. Say, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause bread to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in Jesus' name. A well-known passage that you probably had heard one or two sermons from before. But because of our time, I just quickly go to a few things that stood out for me from that passage. Can these bones live? And the man of God was very wise and clever. He said, only God knows. And I'm sure God is asking many of us in our hearts, 
the situations of nations, the situations of our own private life. And the question is, that, are you sure this thing can turn around? Are you sure you can live? But we also say today, Lord, only you know. And so, for easy understanding and communication, I will look at it quickly under four subheadings. Number one, God's way. Verses one and two, God's way is the first part. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then it caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. God's way are so different from ours. He was looking for an army. He didn't go to the best of time. Where young, muscular men are, he went to the graveyard. <laughs> it's an astounding God, isn't it? And his ways, you know, are, are different in the course. His ways are different where it is leading to. Um, and for God, there's nothing that is beyond repairs. And I don't want that to just be a head statement for you, and I want it to be our life reality. And I want us, during this message, to test God, invite a common begins and closes, um, in such a way to say, Lord, he actually asked us in Malachi chapter 3. He said, try me, isn't it? He said, test me and see whether I won't. And so I want you to bring some very difficult situations to God today. Amen. And, and the story of, you know, um, Dominino, meaning um, um, it's made my heart sweet. <laughs> you know, quite, quite, quite interesting. Um, and, and I think when David was running it up, everybody was confused. But thank God, God is never confused. And, and God just started something, and it's, 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 it's going beyond their own imagination and our imaginations. Indeed, is the Lord's doing that is marvelous in our eyes. No go area for God. There's nothing they cannot do. Isaiah 55, verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways are, you know, your ways, my ways, says the Lord, isn't it? So the first duty of man, I believe, under this section that I'm talking about is you must learn how to understand God. Amen. Know just know how God moves. Uh, we can't know it all, but we can have a fair idea that there are some things that are not beyond God. And, and there are many things that, you know, the way God makes his choices are, are, are so different. Uh, you've read, you heard of that before. The genealogy of Jesus Christ was full of so many dodgy people, isn't it? You know, very dodgy. You have a Judah who, who actually had an incestual relationship with his son, with the daughter-in-law. Well, he didn't know it was, but well, it was at least a cab crawler. You know, he was looking for a halot and find one. And of all people, that's one that Jesus must come from. He didn't stop there. Another halot called Rahab, you remember? And down the line, there are so many dodgy people, but that's how God is God. Amen. He, he, he takes dry bones and makes something out of them. So please, let that always be before you. I don't know your family situation, I don't know your personal situation, I don't know your academic situation. It may look dry, but ways of God is that there's nothing too dry for him to revive. I don't know why God asked Ezekiel to write it in the way he did. He said, and there were very many. If it's just one bone that is very dry, out of many, it's a different story, isn't it? There were very many in the open valley. And we're talking about the Middle East where sun has caked and baked those bones. And in fact, if you are looking for DNA, we normally get DNAs from bone. I'll be surprised. Anybody that is in medical research, you correct me later. I'll be surprised. They are so bad so that you can't even get the DNA from them. No dead bones, you can still get DNA from them. You can take a sample of them, put them in some solutions. That, but these ones are beyond repairs. 
And so I'm challenging modern-day scientists. If they can give us a sample of that bone, amen, you will have said it is actually really dry. No chance. No chance. Hallelujah. They say they were very dry. So understand what God is doing. And I've gone through the scriptures just to encourage your heart. Why was David chosen shepherd boy with no royalty spirit? Do you know Saul had a bit of royalty in him? Well, they didn't have king in Israel in that day, but the Bible said he was tall, with his shoulders above all. And I think it was from a noble family. It was well known. David was from nobody. And God picked David nobody. God is about to pick you, I nobody. God is about to pick you. Why will he choose? Let me just use one more before I move to the next point. Why will he choose a notorious opponent to be a great proponent? Saul of Tarsus. Why? Why, why can't he just find some decent guys? And this guy probably did more than all the 12 that were with him, at least with the recorded history. And you can keep asking, why, why, why? Why, God? Why do you do what you do the way you do them? Why will you turn? Why will you allow me to have gone through this captivity only to come out on the other end shining so brighter that I could have said, Lord, I fall at your feet? Because that's somebody's story here very soon. Amen. And why will he choose me? That's the question, final question I ask. Me, me. Better ask, why will he choose you? And I'm sure he's got a plan for you. We don't look the part. We don't speak the language. We don't have the connection. But he insisted on using us. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 27. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. Number two, God's work. God's work. Verse 6. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. How does God work? Under that God's work. Number one, God always provides his own raw materials. God doesn't do fast food. He may do fast work, but he doesn't do fast food. He prepares his meal fresh and full. He picks you raw. He picks you totally unprepared. And he spends time on you to get you to where you are going. He doesn't, he doesn't cut corners. He doesn't use somebody else's. God is not in the category of vultures. God is in the category of eagles. He doesn't, eat, he doesn't tamper with anything that's already you know, somebody else's catch. He catches someone fresh. I thought it was never possible before. I was somewhere in Uganda. It's going to about three, four years now. And this resort we stayed in, we went for some mission work. Very, very interesting indeed. Uh, this resort we, say, we stayed, um, they would bring the menu to us every night, and they would show us um, all that's available. And then one of the nights they brought the menu to us, they said, well, tonight um, we can give you uh, fish, tilapia, but our fish is caught from the pond across. And that's if you, and, and they did actually. And I saw, you know, all those kind, huge things, you know, that overshoot your plate here and there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we are fasting. Perish the thought. <laughs> Amen. Well seasoned and uh, let me tell you more. And uh, we talked into it. It was fresh, actually. Sincerely, it was fresh. 
But the next day, they said, well, there was no food. There was no fish today. Reason? They couldn't catch any. So that's like my God. In his own case, he always will find something to catch. It doesn't use anything. So if you are saying where you are, you are so far away, you are not ready. No, God is not looking for somebody who is ready. No, 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 he's not interested. If you are ready, you are somebody else's handiwork. He catches you right from the rawest place you are, where you are now celebrating because he brought you there. He ain't finished yet, but he will finish it. His style is that I take them from the lowest. Why will he take, I say again, Saul of Tarsus, raw criminal, real criminal, consented to the murder, and he was championing it. While others are chicken away, say, We're not going to chicken it, we will kill all of them. While others are saying, well, maybe we're tired of this. Tired of what? I'm going to get a note. We will kill every Christian we see. And God smiled in heaven. Psalm 2. He said, uh, why, are the, uh, why are the nations raging and the heathens? He said, God has held them in derision and he will laugh at them. For nations and this nation, God is laughing at those who are working against his agenda. Oh, yeah. He says, see, this, see the, seek the peace of Jerusalem for in it you will benefit. If I pray for this nation, I expect the better he may. Because in his prosperity we prosper. Amen. I say, God will rise against every opponent of nations in the name of Jesus. Amen. So that's number one. God always provides his own raw material. And as he, inv- as he provides for them, he invests in them. Amen. There's what I call the direct investment. That's under how God uses his materials. Direct investment is that you open scripture, it makes it clear to you. you it gives you grace to pray. It gives you grace to fast. It makes you, helps you to obey difficult commandments sometimes. But above all, he gave us his son, whose name we have called upon this morning. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. If God will not hold back his son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Hallelujah. Shall he not freely give us all things? God has made the right investment in you. And that's one of the things I used to pray unto God. I said, look, you must make sure I finish this journey very well. You, you ain't going to waste your investment. You've invested in me. <laughs> Blood of Jesus was your greatest investment. And you are not a loser. You are not the one who will stop midway. You know, you must know how to pray. You must know how to pray, not in the ordinary cliche, uh, um, you know, everlasting father. God, it's okay sometimes. But let it come from your you. Sometimes when I face obstacles in life and, and it seems, you know, I know I'm wobbling. I say, no. Your investment brought me this far. You better see to you that you get results. Better see to you that your plan that you have set for my life to help many that is fulfilled. And every child given unto you is God's investment. Psalm 127. Children and heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb are his reward. Like arrows in the hand of a strong man. He says, so are children of the womb. He says, blessed is the man whose quivers are full of them. Make sure that you pick your children. I say, Lord, sit down, boys. Sit down, girl. You're an investment. We had only one testimony today. There are many testimonies that are still coming in the house. When he shared that with me, I said, that has been my heart cry. I said, David has been my heart cry. That every delayed development is a season that has started. And if you're in the house, say a good amen. The season has started. It may take so long. We've been praying and crying and prophesying. And the Lord has opened the door. Put your foot in that door. Put your foot in that door. 
And there are various degrees of this slowness in progress. There are some adults that are not moving the way they ought to move. I did a study before. We call it the kind of children that are. I said there are high investment, low return children. You heard of that before? There are, yeah, high investment, low returns. God forbid, high investment, no returns. God forbid. And we do have, of course, low investment, high returns. The ones you didn't teach how to, how to, how to read, out of your negligence, though. Hallelujah. And they start reading better than you can imagine. The one you didn't show how to do mathematics, because you don't know them yourself. <laughs> and by the grace of God, they are getting first class in mathematics. One of our brethren, you can listen to this later. It's a testimony you would love me to share. It's in one of our towns, major towns in Scotland. The child was born with prenatal, with, um, with um, what's that? Neonatal jaundice. Was born with neonatal jaundice, which affected the brain badly. Nobody thought the boy would live. Told me the story. We were traveling together, and he told me the story how they rushed the boy from one hospital to another. The boy nearly died. And sometimes when you see the boy, you, you just. And at the end of the day, they said, well, if the boy lives at all, the best it could be is to just get by in life. Guess what is happening to that boy now? He's studying mathematics in Dundee. I can't study mathematics. No, I can't. It's beyond my pay grade. Applied mathematics. The boy is doing well there. And somebody says, God's work and his investment does not yield. Hold him by the hand. Apart from direct investment, there are indirect investments. Indirect investment is all the men of God that God has used to bless you. I was a product of one indirect investment. There's a man who comes in for about 23 years now, once a year to the UK. He comes in and gathers just around 23 years ago, just about 100 of us, less than 100 and he will have fasted and prepared himself most of the time, barely able to stand. And he will sit down and teach us. And after he's finished, he will have communion with us. After he's finished that one, he will lay hands on us. After finish that, he will pour oil on our head and send us away. Comes next year, do it. Come next year, do it. And the group grew up to 400 to 4,000 to 5,000 now that he was still doing up to last year. That's an indirect investment. And God won't let the labor of that man be wasted. And even at our level, there are some things we do on our own. That people are wondering, what are you looking for? Fasting, praying, doing what you are doing. Nothing that has to do with you. Because if God has raised somebody to indirectly invest in me, he has to raise me to indirectly invest in another. You know what? Apart from you praying it, I'm praying it. The investment of God in you through me must you result. And I'm not missing what about that. I'm not going to have it. It's must use resort. Amen. I'm not going to pray in vain. We're not going to wake in the midnight hours for nothing. I love my sleep. We're not going to starve for nothing. Under the name called fasting. Must you resort. I love a good meal. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God's investments must yield. Amen. Tell yourself, I'm God's investment. God's investment. And I must yield. And you will yield in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. So under God's work, we say that God does not use anything but his own what? Raw materials. And he works on them by various forms of investment. Number two, under God's work, God works in stepwise manner. The army that was raised in the passage we read did not happen in one go. Did you see that? He said, he said uh, I will put signs on you and bring uh, flesh upon you, cover you. And he said, bones to bone. They finished that. Signing to sign, which are signing simply means the tendons and all the muscles putting in place. Very detailed. And then eventually, he covered them with skin. So that they don't look too, like all those funny pictures you see on, on, on the internet, you know. People with just muscles. No, cover them. Then after he's covered them, stood them up. After he stood them up, he said, well, no breath in them. And eventually, breath came into them. No, it was after breath came into them, they stood up. Hallelujah. God works in stepwise manner. No matter where you are, the progression is going on. Mm, uh, the next point, we, we emphasize that for you. Don't, don't, don't rush things. Many times, you know, it looks like God is slow. He's not slow. That's the way he works. He works in stepwise. Even his own son, Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. Luke 2, 51 and 52. He made sure that he grew. Now, at times, we don't want to grow. You want to, could God have dropped Jesus from heaven? Full grown man. He could have. Adam was like that. But second Adam, he said, I will do it differently. Because I love these people. Thank you for that song. He said, you, you do not want to do heaven alone, isn't it? How did you say it? You don't want heaven without us. And then you brought heaven down to us. God is working. And it's good work in your life. It will be perfect. Under that as well, how God works, it's not only that he always uses raw materials, not only that he works in stepwise manner, when he's working, it does not look like anything worthwhile is happening. It does not look like it. Except one day, boom, something happens. And I've mentioned that to you many times, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he said, the disciples, they were gathered in the upper room, isn't it? I said, and uh, suddenly, really? 120 days. It's passed as if nothing happened before. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I don't know where you are. Don't despise Many have walked away from the faith, you know. Many have given up. Many have said, well, this thing is not working. Really? I'm sure likes of David and all the testimony here today, the player will say, well, we pray God only you know. But the fruit is coming now. And the fruit you will eat in Jesus' name. God's work is also done by his spirit. His works are done by his spirit. John chapter 6 verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So, what is the lesson from that one? Because whatever God will do, we do by his spirit. He said, wherever... I say here that wherever you are and you sense the Spirit of God is there, stay there. 
Because eventually God will do what he will do. And conversely, wherever you are, and you do not genuinely sense the spirit of God there, you don't have any business there. No matter how glamorous, no matter how well laid. And I keep mentioning, thank God, we're fairly well apportioned place of worship here. You know, things tend to be a little bit more in the right place they should be. But without the spirit of God, it's all a sham. And my greatest cry all the time is that, Lord, one time I was talking to some of the leaders. I said, we have outside there a fountain of love. You guys must show love. Or else I'm going to take that sign down. There's nothing worse than you running the power of the flesh. Nothing long trying to make things happen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty indeed. Number two lesson from that, the fact that God always was by spirit is that refrain from doing anything in the power of your flesh. If the spirit does not move, if the spirit does not move, don't move. It is a waste of energy and credit. The spirit does not move, don't move. Some people try to work things up. Yes, you need to be careful that you don't suppress the spirit. Don't quench the spirit, but at the same time, please, if you sense that the spirit is not there, don't just go through the motions. Maybe you have heard this cliche or catchphrase before. If the spirit does not move, move the spirit. Please don't, don't buy into that. I don't think so. You can stare your own spirit, but you can't force the spirit of God. It is his prerogative. He's sovereign. You can create an enabling environment, and when it comes down, it comes down. So make sure you insist on the spirit of the Lord. You know what? The spirit of God is here today. Oh, he's here. He's here. And he will do wonders in Jesus' name. Okay, so what are some of the things we've said about things that stand out from that, uh, from that passage of scripture? Number one, God's. Number two. Number three, God's witness. Verse four, again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. God always walks through his witness. Even though he's walking, he walks through human beings. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. We love that scripture. He said, thou shalt hold your peace. And, uh, um, and uh, what did he say? Again? Put it on the screen. He said, thou shalt hold your peace. Put it on the screen. Sometimes the scripture gets stuck somewhere. And, and the Lord will fight for you. Exodus, Exodus chapter 14. Um, you don't have my script. How do you know whether I have it in my so? So it shall be when your sons ask you, uh, 14, 14, 13. I think I make you panic. Just it's okay. It's okay. You're doing very well. Exodus 14, verse 13. Just wanted to see it. Let's go back to verse 13, please. Well done. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which we accomplish for you, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more forever. I thought somebody would say amen unto that. Yeah. Egyptians tormenting us, we shall see again no more forever. And verse 14 now. Verse 14 now. The Lord will fight for you and you shall. The Lord fought for them, didn't he? But Moses did something. He lifted his rod. There must always be a witness. That's the way God works. It's always a witness. And the words of God's witness are compelling and conclusive. So take note of that. The words of God's witness, not only that God always walked through the witnesses, the words of God's witness are compelling and conclusive. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. Elijah, the Tishbite of the tribe of Gilead, 
um, yeah, of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this year except at my... And it happened exactly like that. It happened exactly like that. So the words are compelling. God's witnesses, please also be careful not to despise or dishonor God's witness. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 19 and 20. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. In verse 21, give us a caution that you can check things out, but at the end of the day, make sure you don't despise the word of prophecy. I stand before you today with every sense of responsibility. I stand before you as God's witness today. And I believe with all my heart that the words that will come out, they shall be compelling. They shall be conclusive. But please believe it. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Believe God, believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. It's nothing of myself. I told you the journey, how he has invested, and the witness, as I stand in that position today, word will come forth. And situation and circumstances will change in the name of the Lord. Finally, not only do we have God's way, not only do we have God's work, not only do we have God's witness, which is important in the whole equation. <laughs> this last one, be prepared for it. There's what is called God's war. Because in verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, and exceedingly great army. When dry bones rise, it is for the purpose of enrollment in the lost kingdom. <laughs> it's for nothing else. When dry bones rise, it's for one purpose so that they can be enrolled in the kingdom of God. So the title of the message is, Dry Bones Shall Rise. That's the title of the message, Dry Bones Shall Rise. That is the purpose. And when God, when you are asking God for something, may I please suggest something to you, as I've suggested to many before. Make a vow. Make a vow that when this is done, you will genuinely enroll in the army of God. But please don't make a vow that you will not fulfill. He says, only the fool that makes a vow do not fulfill them. When you go to make a vow, that woman turned situation around Hannah. She was facing a mighty mountain. And she said, Lord, if you give me a child, in the time she was praying, the whole of Israel was practically backslidden. She shot above them. In those days, you go to a seer. The seer himself does not see anything anymore. And yet, that woman prayed through. She's what a challenge that woman was. But one thing that did it for her most was when she made up her mind. When you give me this child, I will give the child back unto you. It's a very difficult thing for anybody to say nowadays. Very difficult thing to say. That's new. This year, I'm giving back to Lord. Make him a missionary and send him to Kibali. But God is faithful. He's used the light of many to prove unto us that it's better for God to be in need than for you to go on your own. It's all about God's war. Most of the battles we face are actually God's war, for which He's raising you as a soldier. So if it is God's war, then the few things must hold true. Number one, it will supply the training you need. 
Psalm 18, verse 34. Psalm 18, verse 34. It teaches my hands to make war. I break the spirit of unbelief in this place right now. May the Lord open your heart to believe. May you move from the position of, well, I've heard that before. May you know that God, who is walking in a stepwise manner, is about to visit you as well in the name of the Lord. About to visit you. He will supply the training you need. Psalm 1834. He teaches my hands to make. Who teaches your hand? It's God. If it is God's word, then it should be true that he supplies the resources you need. Equipment and all. I've mentioned that to you. You can't pray without praying to God to help you pray. You can't study scripture unless you... There is a level you go to, you become so dependent on God and so unsure of yourself. The moment you get to that point, you are, you are about to be made. Some of us, we are still too full of how we can do it. It's, it's, a, it's a revelation whether you want to accept it or not. You can't fast without God. You can't really pray without God, proper prayer. You can't. So before you pray, Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Pray genuinely. Lord, my study of the word is slacking. Uh, some people believe in the, I don't know, I, I'm divided in my opinion about that. Some people believe, just get on with it, just keep doing it. Do your quiet time every morning when there's nothing quiet about it. Uh, read your Bible when you are practically not even knowing what you are reading. But I'd rather do it genuinely. He said, the time comes when they that worship the Lord shall worship him in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verse 24. The time is coming when they, that they must worship him in spirit and in truth. Depend on God. Let him supply all that you need. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. First Corinthians 9, 7. Says, Who, whoever goes to work at his own expense? It's a rhetorical question. Of course, nobody. Nobody. Unless if you do that, you're a mercenary. A mercenary is actually when they are caught, they are criminals. Shouldn't be a mercenary. A proper army, a proper soldier in a well-considered army, everything you need must be supplied. Your uniform, your socks, your vest, everything. And so if we are in the army of the Most High, trust him, he will supply all that you need. He will also see to you that you win. Because he can't and just won't lose a war. God can't, he won't. He won't just allow himself to lose a war. First Corinthians 15, 25, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. God doesn't lose a war. Finally, because it's God's war, we need to know that this is true. He rewards most abundantly. He rewards most abundantly. Morale of soldiers are generally low if they are not well taken care of. Even use that to pray. Yeah? If your morale is slow, I say, Lord, this thing is enduring. I'm a soldier. That is if you are truly a soldier. Not a civilian who is just, you know, masquerading as a soldier. You're a soldier. You are laboring. And things are normal. We tell you, I say, Lord, my morale is getting low. I was looking at nations that pay their soldiers very well. So I normally like to do, I like to tease, put a, bit, a few teasers out. Which country do you know pays its army best? No. It's a little bit low down, actually. They try. Uh, they give them, I mean, I've been to states before. Some of these guys that came back from the war, some of them are on the street begging. I hope they are not lying. They say they are veterans, you know. 
I'm shocked. No. Canada, actually. Plenty of landmass. Very few people. I guess they can afford it. Australia comes next. Plenty of landmass. Few people. New Zealand wasn't far about. More sheep than people. But I don't want to denigrate their good work. They take care of their soldiers. Those are places in which soldiers we put everything in to serve. We're pretty low down in the stable I check in Britain. There was a nation somewhere like that. They were doing very, very well. In fact, their soldiers, their army, were meant to be the best, um, uh, best south of Sahara. They're very good. The Egyptians, they're very good, very, very good army, disciplined as well. Used to be a country called Nigeria. When, 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 when their military were well recognized all over the world, and I read some articles about that. They were well trained. They don't, apart from the local training that they had, they all come to Sandos. If they don't go to Sandos, they go to a U.S. War College, and they, they're properly trained. But I'm also not talking about that country. I'm talking about further down south. They were actually better than even the Nigerians at that time. Then economic problem came. And then it got to the point in which the morale of soldiers was so low that soldiers rioted. Only God helped the head of state that his head didn't come off. You don't joke with morale. I, I want, I'm, hope you, I'm hoping you are getting the parallel I'm drawing here. You don't joke with morale of soldiers. You are, you are digging your own game. So if in the human realm we know that, how much more the kingdom? God will take care of you. If you are truly a soldier, he will see to you that your needs are met. Don't you know that is what is keeping me going? And I try to make sure that I don't turn to a civilian. That I just try to be a soldier. As long as I am, it will meet my needs. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints, and you do minister. Hallelujah. In conclusion, all that God is doing, all that God is doing and will do in your life, point to one thing, to raise you as an important part of his great army. Are you dry? It will fix that. Are the bones out of place? They will come together. And it will breathe his breath upon you. And it will raise you up. Rise on your feet with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hmm. I may still pray this prayer later on today for a particular group that I'll be praying with. But this prayer comes to heart now. And that should be John chapter 11. I can't remember now. I'll find it for you. Just John chapter 11. Um, verse 39. Well, let me read it for you in the new in the um, contemporary English version. Jesus was still terribly upset. Verse 38, I'm reading now. So he went to the tomb. I'm reading contemporary English on CEV. Which was a cave with a stone rolled against the entrance. Verse 39. Then he told the people to roll the stone 
away. Roll the stone away. Nobody comes out from the place of death until the stone has been rolled away. Even the Lord, the Bible mentioned clearly there were two soldiers at his womb sitting on the stone after they've done what? Rolled it away. By the mercy of the Lord, whatever has shut anybody up in this room, the stone will be rolled away. And you will hear the word come forth. Because that's what's followed. He said, come forth, Lazarus. But the stone must be rolled away. The stone must be rolled away. What the Lord laid on my heart today, I still think we've got about five, ten minutes, very much bang on time. That I should pray and minister to people uh, in specific terms. So the first category of people you want to pray for, you know, you know, and you know that you're not where you're supposed to be in your walk with the Lord. And I'm not talking of who every one of us is really there. I, mean, I know that. But you know definitely that you are far. Best described as if if the Lord were to come today, you're not sure that you will fly with him. Within two years in which I was born again, the first vision the Lord showed me was vision of hell. And that has kept me scared tomorrow. Not that he was telling me I would be going there, but 37 years on, still as fresh as yesterday. I implore implore you, step forward very quickly. I want to pray for you. And then we will pray for specific situations. And if there's nobody all well and good, quickly come forward. You know that you are not in a good place. And you want the Lord to bring you back there. Step forward, step forward quickly, step forward. He's faithful to restore. He's faithful to empower you. He's faithful to make you exactly what he wants you to be. Remember, he's the one that is working on us. It is God who works in you. It's what God who works in you. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone is still joining them, please come forward quickly. Don't, don't waste time. Come forward quickly. May I ask you to take one more step? Please kneel before the altar. We always consecrate this place unto the Lord. And so it's not me who will bring the dramatic change in your life. Who will bring you back to where you ought to go is God. And the power to be exactly what God wants you to be is available in the house. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. Just talk in your heart unto him. Talk in your heart unto the Lord. Just say, Lord, I'm back. I strayed away. I don't know what happened to me. Lord, I just want to be sure that that eternal home, I will get there. Just want to be sure that everything between you and I is right again. I'm back. You didn't turn the prodigal son away. You embraced him. It's the father that will embrace you this afternoon. His embrace is strong, is warm, is secure. Thank you, Jesus. Just cry unto him. Lord, behold your people. They are yours. And I'm asking right now in the name that's above all names. This is our year of restoration. Restore your people. Restore them. And 
plant their feet family that they will never be moved again in the name of Jesus. Hold them by the hand. Lead them through. Lead them to their destination. Oh God of heaven and earth, from today, dispatch angels who will daily watch over them. Delivering them from terrible and tough situations and keep them on the straight and narrow way. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, congratulations. The Father says his hand is around you right now. His arm of love is around you now. And you will never depart again. Your story will change for the better. From glory to glory you will go. The dry bones shall rise in the name of the Lord Jesus. And here we stand as a mighty army. Going further, better than they have ever been. Possibly even going ahead of some that are maybe lazy and have not braced themselves. God will give you speed. And you will possess the possession the Lord has for you. Father, I thank you. By the anointing and the laying of hand, I ask for your impactation of life. Impactation of life. Impactation of life. In the name of Jesus, impactation of life. 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 Oh Lord, he said, is the spirit that profits. The flesh profits nothing. So these ones, they've received freshness of life today. Go in this your strength and go and conquer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. God bless you, sirs. God bless you, Mark. Go to your seat and enjoy the goodness of For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.